Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Nafiyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachat Shabbat. Tafzadi Aleph Amud Bet, continuing with our study of Perak Hamatznia. We're up to Mishnah Bet. We're going to cover Mishnah Bet, Gimel, and Dalad in this podcast. Hamotzi Ochlinu Tanar Al Heiskupa. Heiskupa is like a sill. So you've took some food, and we assume it's in a um, some sort of container, and you put it on the sill. If you then yourself went and took it fully outside, somebody else took it outside, nobody is chayab. You did not do the malachat in one shot, you did half and then half. We'll have to see what the nature of the siskupa is to define it as a midway point. Now, kupashi iskupa. Now you've got a basket full of fruit, and you put it on the iskupa chitzonah. Now this one is the outer sill, so it goes towards Rishut Rabim. Even though most of the fruit in the basket are over the outside, patur. Why? You have to bring the entire basket out. So we're going to take a look at this in sections. The first one is the first half of the Mishnah. What kind of iskupa is this? If the iskupa itself is Rishut Rabim, and you took it from your house and put it in the iskupa, patur? You put it outside. El iskupa shutechid must be the iskupa as part of the house. So ben shachazor tziyam and shutziyan acher patur. Why would then someone else or yourself taking it from there out be patur? Hakamapik shutechid shutabim. You're taking it out. El iskupa karmel. It must be that the iskupa has this middle ground area zone known as a carmelite. All right. Hakamashman. What's the Mishnah teaching us? Tam adenach bekarmelite. The only reason you are patur is because you took it from shutechid. Put it to rest in the Carmelite, and then either you or somebody else took it from there out. Halonach be Carmelite, had you not stopped there, but gone straight over, Bechayev, you be Chayav, and Matnitin Deloka ben Azai. Remember back from Davav, we met ben Azai, who said, If you take something from a store, out to the, to the plaza, and you go through a, an alley, or some sort of a Carmelite, you're Chayav. But Benazir says poter because he says mehalech ke'omed dami. When you walk, each step is like a rest. And therefore, you stopped in the Carmelite. So that's teaching that Arvishan is against Benazir. Okay, kupa shimliyah perot. Good. Amar chizkiah. So chizkiah says that lo shadol kupam liyah kishuin dluin. Chizkiah distinguishes between fruits that are long and big and take up lots of space and those that are very small. So he says, when do we say that if you put most of the basket outside, and even though most of the fruit are over the outside, you're still patur, that's only big fruit where no single fruit has gone fully outside. And when the achardal, if they're full of mustard seeds, then chayav, because you've got lots of stuff that now is fully outside. Alma kasavar, so you see chizkiah holds, eged kli lo eged, meaning that the all the things together in the kli do not constitute a single unit. Or, to put it differently, the kli does not unify its contents. And therefore, you could have some of the contents over the outside, as long as they're fully over, you're chayav, even though others are not. He disagrees with chizkiah. and says, even if it was filled with mustard seed, you're patur. He holds that the kli unifies all the things inside. And therefore, until the entire kli is off, then you are patur. If you look carefully at the Mishnah, it supports neither one of them. It's not exactly The Mishnah said, until you take the entire basket out, you're patur. It's only when you take the basket out. 
if you took all the fruit out, but the basket's still not out, meaning all the fruit are on one side and that side is over the edge, then you're still patur. So our Tana must hold that the Kli unifies and unites everything inside, and therefore you're patur. Now, but it also doesn't work perfectly for Biochanan. Because it said, even though most of the perot are on the outside, you're still patur. Tama derov perot. The implication is most of the perot. Hakola perot, even, but, but the implication is if all the fruit were outside, Avagav da agida kupa migavoy, even though the basket is still on the inside somewhat, chayav. So you see the kli does not unite them. So that means that both Rabbi Yochanan and Chizkiah will have to explain those diukim in the Mishnah. So each one of them could answer it according to their own approach. So Chizkiah will say that it means when do you have to take the whole kupa out? When all the things in it are big and at no point could you get a, a single one fully outside without getting the basket over the side. Then it's like you took the whole thing out, even if the basket is not fully out. He could explain it according to his reasoning. Even though most of the perot are outside, you're still patur. Not only most, but even all of them. The main thing is until you take the kupa out. Okay, watch this challenge. Like a peddler's box that has lots of spices in it. Put on the outside Even though most of the spices are on the outside, patur. Sounds exactly like Rabbi Yochanan. Now, we think we're talking about little ground-up things of spices, like mustard seed of that same size. So, you see that that uh, is challenged because here you're patur until the entire box goes out. Chizkiah's answer could be we're talking about long stems like uh, cinnamon or clove or things like that that are long and you're going to make them into spices but in the meantime they are kind of more more similar to the cucumbers this is a challenge now to Rabbi Shabbat. famous issue just one quick inter- interjection is if you violate Shabbat and in doing so also incur some financial liability for damages or for theft or what have you, you are exempt if it's the exact same action that generated the liability that also generated the Chiyuv Shabbat. And that's a principle that we know as Kom Leibad Rabbi on the page I abbreviated it as Kuf Lamed Bet Mem. So now, if you stole a money pouch on Shabbat, why? Because the minute you pick it up, you've stolen it and you're liable to pay. You're not chayav for Shabbat till you carry it outside. So since they don't happen simultaneously, you're chayav for both. But if you were dragging it on the ground, then patur. Why? The if you drag it, only happens when you cross the boundary line, which is when you're chayav for Shabbat. But if you agree with Rabbi Yochanan that everything in the Kli is united, then what happens is the minute that the goods cross the boundary line, you've stolen them, but you're not chayav until the whole bag gets out. So the answer is, You'd be right if you took it out mouth first. What did you do? You took it out back first. 
which means that since there's no way for you to get to the goods until it's fully out, that's when Geneva happens, and that's when Shabbat happens simultaneously. There is the spot of the seam that you theoretically could tear open and get the goods out before it's fully out. The answer is Benascha. We're talking about long bars of metal. That's what you're stealing. But wait a second. There's drawstrings. You could take it out till right before the mouth. You could open up the drawstrings uh, and take it out. And they're tied the inside. The answer is the Lake Ashinsin. You're talking about a case where there are no such drawstrings. If they have, they're tied up on top, so there's no way to get into it. The point we're trying to construct is a situation where there's no way for you to have access to the stolen property, and therefore you're not until it's fully out and you're Chayab Shabbat, according to Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi, by the way, said the same thing as Exactly the same. Now, we have a problem because in another context, Abai and Rava seem to switch positions. And then we throw those contradictions against each other and try to solve them. The Itmar, what's the Memra? If you take fruit outside, if you carry them out with your hand, you're chayav. If you carry it with a kli, you're patur. And the assumption here is that the kli didn't make it all the way outside, and therefore you're patur, following Rabbi Yochanan's position. Sorry, following Chizkiah's position. patur chayav. Alright, so they switched. So the answer is epuch. Switch them. This last maimer is backwards, so we keep the consistency. But we still have a problem. Biyad chayav. Um, but how could anybody say biad patur? After all, we have the mishnah at the beginning of the masachet that carrying bayad you would be, um, and in that in that particular case, bayad you would actually be patur uh, for just going part way. The answer is, In that case, you're above three tfachim over the ground, so therefore your thing didn't come to rest till he put it into his hand. Here was the matam and therefore biyad chayav. Okay, the next mishnah, mishnah gimel. If you if you carried with your right hand, your left hand, and your under your arm or on your shoulders, chayav the last one on the shoulders, that's how B'nai Kahat would carry things. But the idea is these are all normal ways to carry, right hand, left hand, etc. But, if you carry it in the back of your hand, with your foot, in your mouth, on your elbow, in your ear, with your hair, let's say you have a money belt that's, or a belt around you that's hollow, with the mouth going down, that's an unusual way to carry. If you carry in between your belt and your tunic, or in the hem of your clothes, b'min alo, or the shoe, or b'sandalo, with your sandal, patur, why, shalohotzi, k'derach hamotzin, you didn't carry in the normal way. Now, amar rabbi elazar, hamotzi masui, l'malami asrat fachim, let's say you carried something up in the air, above ten fachim, where we say it's not rishut rabim anymore. Chayav, why, shakim masab b'nei kahat, that's how b'nei kahat would carry it, how do we know that, masab b'nei kahat menalan, when they would camp, they would camp around the, the Levim, around the Mishkan and the Mizbeach. Makish Mizbeach la Mishkan, that compares the Mizbeach, whose height evidently 
at this point we don't know, or at least it's height being carried, to the Mishkan. So they're both ten amot high. And how do we know the Mishkan was ten amot high? That we know, the boards for the, um, for the, that would hold up the tent were ten amot high. Moshe threw the tent over the Mishkan. So Amarab Moshe Rabbeinu Perso. It's Moshe who did that. So the assumption is that all of them were that tall. They had to be at least ten amot tall, which is quite fantastic, to be able to put the cover over the Mishkan. Ugmiri, we have a general understanding. Anytime you're carrying something that has uh, handles that you're that, uh, like the dowels that we carried it with, you carry it basically at the one third point, meaning two thirds of below the 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 um, the handles and one third above. So it was So you see that the uh, that what they carried was really quite high, way higher than ten tefachim. Or you could learn it from the Aron. The Aron was nine. It's one and a half amot. And Kaporet was on Tefach. It was ten. Again, they carried the Aron with the staves that went into the into the rings. One third was above. So you see it was above ten Tefachim when they carried it. Because it itself was ten Tefachim high and you carried it off the ground. So the league Mami Moshe, why don't we just learn it from Moshe himself who was so tall? So Moshe Maybe Moshe is unique because Hashem's presence would only rest with an Avi who is a Chacham Gibor Ashir and somebody who's very tall. So maybe Moshe is unique in that way, that's why we learn it from the other Levim, which is odd because we just assume the other Levim to be like Moshe, which is the opposite of that. Okay, Rosho. Let's say somebody carries something on his head. Because remember, in our um, uh, in our uh, Mishnah, we talked about normal ways and abnormal ways of carrying. He says, Chayav Chatat. Why? There's a town in Bavel, Hutzal. People in Hutzal carry things on their heads. Is that the majority of the world? That sets the tone? That decides what's normal? This is what Rav Chia must have said. If one of the Hutzalites carried something on his head on Shabbat, then Chayav, because that's the local minig. But why don't we use the general principle, which is that we have an international norm, and what one particular town uh, does doesn't doesn't change anything even for themselves because that's a, a universal norm. Actually, we should read it almost the opposite. If you carry something on Shabbat on your head, patur, you're not chayav, you're patur. If you want to challenge with the fact that the people in Hutzal do it that way, they have to take a back seat to everybody else's way of carrying, which is what we consider normal, which is not on the head. Okay, the last of this series that we're going to do in this podcast, again, deals with uh, methods of caring, but it really deals with issues of intent. And again, as I mentioned earlier, this parak is really utilizing caring as a vehicle for exploring the nature of um, uh, malachot uh, and um, and um, how... Uh, how we understand the role of intent and the role of doing things the normal way and the abnormal way, etc. Let's say you intended to carry something and put it in front of you. And by accident, somehow it ended up in back of you. But if you intended to put it in back of you and it ended up in front of you, then chayav. 
Be'emet amru, we'll see what that phrase means. Ha'ishach ho'geret besinar, if a woman's wearing like an apron, Rashi says they're like pants that she would wear, Be'en mufana be'en melacharea, whether she puts something in and it ends up in front of her and back of her, chayevet, she's chayevet, why? She can wear the chazer because the thing swings back and forth, so her intent really can't determine because it's going to go back and forth anyways. It says also messengers of the king who get his notes, the same thing, wherever it goes, it goes. So why in the first part of the Mishnah do we say that if you wanted to put it in front of you and it ends up in back of your patur, why? Because you didn't accomplish what you wanted. Same thing, if you wanted to put it in back of you and it ended up in front of you, that's also not your intent. So Melazar Tavra, Melazar comes up with a simple solution of, which is not so simple, Break our Mishnah. Meaning the author of the first line, the author of the second line, disagree as to the role of intent. Which means it's an inconsistent Mishnah. That's a hard thing to say. So I'm a Rav of my Kusha. Rav says, I don't understand the problem. Why are you patur when you put it in front of you and end up mak you? Not just because you didn't do what you wanted, but having it in front of you gives you better handle on it. So you intended something more successful. In the meantime, it flipped it back to you, which is less successful. So that's why you're patur. Then just turn it around. If you intend to put it back to you, it came in front of you. Why you You intended a small, a lesser guarding, and you ended up with a better system. So therefore, you gained. Elamai Kusha, what was it Rabbalaza was really bothered by? Do you could have eaten Gashi? He was worried about an, inc- an, an incisive reading in it. <coughs> if you try one to carry in front of you, you end up in the back of your patur, what's the implication? So if you intend to put it in back of you, you end up in the back of you, then chayav. Look at the seifa. If you intended to have it in back of you and end up in front of you, you're chayav. Implying that if you intended back of you and it never got in front of you, you're patur. So I'm Rabbalazar Tavra. That's what Rabbalazar said Tavra. Mishanazu Lashanazu. The two parts of the Mishnah are different authorities. So Ravashi Maikusha. He also said it's not really a problem. Maybe our Mishnah is dealing with less and more obvious things. Certainly, if you intended them in back of you and it, and it stayed in back of you, which we didn't even mention, of course you're Chayav. You got done what you wanted. What we have to mention is, if you intend it back and you got in front of your chayav, since you didn't accomplish what you wanted, maybe you're not chayav. So it teaches you that if you intended a lesser handle on it, and you ended up with a better handle on it, then you're chayav. Now, notice that we've come up with a complex definition. If you accomplish what you intend to accomplish, you're chayav. But even if you don't accomplish what you intend to accomplish, and you accomplish something which is effectively better for what you're looking for, you're also chayav. Okay, lacharav, lacharav, tanoi. That's actually a machloket. We think about putting it in an inferior place and accomplishing that. Tatanya, we have the following brayta. Let's say you put money in, uh, some money in your money pouch, and the sack is, uh, the mouth of it is up. Chayav. Right? You, you, uh, because you carried it successfully. Piyalamatavit is facing down. Alright, machloket. 
Now that's not the issue, but Amar Lan Rabbi Yehuda, here's the issues. Rabbi Yehuda, the background, disagrees and says, Don't you agree that if you intended to carry it behind you and it stayed there, that you're chayav? Meaning, even though you're intending a minimal sort of handle on it, it's still, since you did what you wanted to, you're chayav. Same thing here. They said back, If you intend to carry it on your foot, and you carry it on your foot, you're still patur. I said one argument, they said another argument. I had no answer for them. They had no answer for me. Now, that's the, that's the brighter. From the fact that Rabbi Yudha says, Don't you agree? Doesn't it mean that they actually don't agree? And when he said, Don't you agree? That that if you intended lacharav and it ended up lacharav, you, that, that you're chayav. Obviously, they must say it's patur, but that's not really true because litamech. Look at the second half. That when they said, "Don't you agree that if you take it out with your foot, you're patur?" You think Rabbi Yudas is your chayav? Everybody agrees if you take it out with your foot or some weird way, you're patur. The answer is everybody agrees that if you intend to take it out in back of you and you do, you're chayav. If you take it out with the back of your hand or your foot or in your ear or something, you're certainly patur. What's their machloket about is when you take it out with your money belt facing down. Rabbi Yudah says it's kind of like lacharav. And Chacham say, no, it's more like carrying it in an unusual way. Okay, we have a note here that called Be'emet Halachahi. Anytime it says Be'emet Amru, like in our Mishnah, that's a code for saying that's the Halacha. Okay, what are Mekabalei Pitkin? We said, The scribes for the king are in front of the king, and the king has an urgent note. They put it here, they put it there, wherever they put it, and they're not makpid on whether it's in front of them or in back of them or where it is, as long as they get it. And therefore, that's what Rebuda was referring to. We'll pause at this point, we'll pick it up with the next Mishnah, uh, which is going to deal with the issue of doing a malacha in partnership, uh, when you're chayav, when you're not. In the meantime, you should have a wonderful day.